So we're back with So You Think You Know Sports. We give you weekly updates on things you want to know, like off-the-court stories, game highlights, and all-around sports knowledge. Now, mostly highlighting NBA, NFL, and sometimes UFC. This week, we give you the best of a lot of NBA action, The match, specifically the matchup between Zion and LeBron James. Lakers, and they're scouting for a championship run for that last slot on the roster. And we have a big subject about the coronavirus and how it has spread into the world of sports, along with some other great subjects. But before I get into it, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the host. My name is Alex and Mohammed. Go ahead and say something for now. Hey, just want to say what's up to all our listeners. Thank you for listening. And make sure you also subscribe to our other platforms, including Instagram and Twitter. Yes, yes, yes. Definitely subscribe. Um, but sports will start to ramp up here once the NBA uh, goes into the playoff run. And also March Madness is coming up for the NCAA. But we began with the NBA and the matchup one and two of Zion versus LeBron. Both happened within the matter of five days. Now, in game one, LeBron put up stats of 40 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. As Zion ends up being quite impressive also with putting up 29 points, six rebounds, and three assists. Shortly after this, because within days, they were matched back up again on Saturday. Uh, Game two, LeBron puts up a triple-double, 34 points, 12 rebounds, and 13 assists, where Zion really goes off and scores one more point than LeBron with 35 points and seven rebounds. So LeBron and the Lakers did win both of those games. So it kind of brings up this question. With the dominance by both LeBron and Zion, do you feel there was any more incentive for either to play more impressive? I think LeBron gains more from getting this uh, because, he, like you were saying, he proves that he's still at the top of his game and he's not going anywhere, at least not this year. And uh, Zion is going to have to prove that he's up to his level at some point and take it from him. He's just not going to give it to him. So um, LeBron definitely gains more out of this than Zion. Zion has plenty of time to develop. He really needs to uh, worry about his body and being able to stay on the court. Well, I think with what was going on, uh, LeBron definitely wanted to show that he was more dominant than Zion. Zion is like the heir apparent to LeBron, at least when it comes to hype. He has been the only person outside of LeBron who has came into the league with so much hype surrounding him and really being able to match that hype immediately. Literally the only other person who can uh, – maybe there were some other players who came straight out of high school who could have felt somewhat the same, but with the new world of the media and the attention it was given to players, especially when LeBron first came out in the early 2000s, it's the only thing that's equivalent to what's going on with Zion. Now, whether they had bigger incentives about being more impressive, definitely LeBron is like, I'm not ushered out. There is nothing old about me uh, right now other than attaching an age. So I think it was very important to LeBron to dominate, if not all stats, but 
at least the point stats when it came to Zion. Now, for Zion, I think it's more of a – he has great respect for LeBron, and he wants to play great, but he always wants to play great. So I'm not really sure what to say about whether he had more uh, incentive to play harder, but I really do think he did want to perform well against LeBron. He was just having it where he was in high school, and LeBron was a still a professional player coming to his games. There's something that – LeBron actually wants to hold off. Like, he wants to hand off this mantle to the next heir apparent, and I think he kind of wants to choose it. Zion's pretty humble. He's extremely humble from what we can all uh, pretty perceive from TV. So I think he feels, because it's kind of like Giannis is taking the league from him right now, uh, which we'll kind of get to that. Uh, actually, it draws into what I'm going to talk about now. Actually, uh, LeBron had a bigger incentive to make a case for MVP. Oh yeah. He definitely needs to um, go ahead and pad some of those stats and have some great performances at the end of the season to make his case. But at this point, it's kind of hard to see him overtaking him um, with Giannis playing so well along with his team, just being so far ahead of everybody else record wise. Yeah, I completely agree. If we see Zion's, Zion improve in other parts of his game. What is the ceiling for his talent level? I think the ceiling is really the sky because he has been very impressive uh, in the little bit of games that we've seen him in. Um, he's averaging, I think, over 25 points, maybe like five or six rebounds and three or four assists. So he's doing very well. Zion, he, he has a very bright future in the NBA. And the only thing holding him back is his health. Hopefully he's able to stay on the court and be as somewhere near as durable as LeBron is. Because throughout all the time that LeBron has been in the NBA, he's been there on the court. He never does not show up. He's, he's always there. He's always going to be there. He's always going to show for the fans. And I can only hope that Zion is able to do that same thing and doesn't take the Kawhi approach with the load management and all that stuff. I really want to see him develop and grow into a player that a lot of other children right now can look up to and try to be one day. Yeah, okay. Uh, definitely can agree there. I just think the spotlight hasn't really fully hit Zion. Or maybe he's just very great person like LeBron has shown to be over a consistent amount of time. Uh, but I definitely agree that LeBron shows up all the time. And to kind of answer the question about whether uh, what's Zion's ceiling, his ceiling is it's pretty high off the court and on the court. I think he can, he can be everything LeBron is. Mm, outside of honestly I can't even say he can't be like he does have the skill set he does view the floor he does have court knowledge he does show advanced ability it's just about durability uh, when it comes to Zion yeah durability that's the number one question and it's the only thing that makes me hesitant because he already has all the fans people want to see him succeed they want the torch to be passed to him so he can be that next great NBA player that we follow 24-7. But if you're not going to be on the court, it's going to be hard for fans and the media to get around that. I can agree. 
I can agree. Um, and I, I didn't expand on the fact of like off the court. He can be build his empire as great as LeBron's is, if not better. I think LeBron is even willing to guide him in that way that he sees a lot of what he was in Zion. Uh, but I think it's everybody's kind of worry in the long run about Zion is his weight. And that sounds so weird for me to, to me and anyone to say about a 19 year old. We completely forget that this guy is 19 years old and not too long ago turning 19. So it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say with this. Um, I, I just don't know what his ceiling can be because Maybe he does become that person who uh, brings the ball up the court. He did play point guard at one point in high school. Um, he does see the floor. He is great at assist. He he actually it begs this next question: Is a is Zion already unguardable? Is he unguardable? Uh, he's probably unguardable around the rim. That that's where he's unguardable. I mean, he's just got. Well, if that's his skill set, then why wouldn't that's the, we wouldn't say that about Shaq? We wouldn't say Shaq is not unguardable, but that and put that caveat at the end. Well, what I'm saying is like he does shoot threes at times, but he's not unguardable there. His main spot is the um, around the rim, so that's where he's unguardable. Shaq never shot any threes. So that's, <laughs> that's well, a he has more than Ben Simmons. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, he's unguardable right around the rim. He's just he just has so much energy. He can jump out the gym. He's just ridiculous. And it's just amazing to watch. So, yeah, he's unguardable unless you send waves of um, seven footers at him like the Lakers did, which I would say that he had a harder time than LeBron did as far as like level of difficulty. Yeah. So I hate that you put that caveat on there because I felt like you should have just, just given him the the rest of that without the caveat by saying this has to be under the rim. It's true. I I won't debate that that's true, but you could have just still kind of leaned into the unguardable because for the things he's supposed to do and where he, his position is supposed to be, he is unguardable there. And I honestly have not seen anybody actually stop him. And you're completely right. It was a bigger feat for him going against all those tall, uh, big players with the Lakers. And he still came up with 29 points in the first game and came up with 35 points in the second game, which this man has only played. He's played less than 12 games, less than 12 games and less than half a season. And he is. Very legitimately unguardable. Yeah, um, he is unguardable. He's everything that everybody was hoping that he would be. And I hope he just goes even further from here. Um, And this is not his ceiling. I want to see him go even further, um, lead a team to the playoffs and even to a championship. And it looks like he does have a pretty good core around him with uh, Brandon Ingram. And actually, Alonzo Ball, in a way. Um, so it seems like, oh, they have a pretty good future coming up. Yeah, I think they're two years away from battling for to being in the top three in the West. Um, I don't know how it exactly shakes out because, you know, the West is always hard. 
But I could see them, like, Zion putting his head down and really playing a full season out and making a good race for uh, uh, going into the playoffs and being good with, throughout a full season on his third year. Just what he's doing in this short amount of time, I don't see stopping. I just see it kind of getting better. And how can you get better than 35 and 29 in your 11th or maybe 12th game in the league? Well, he just thought about averaging that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's not, but that's that's what he's already doing. He's not averaging that. Okay, yes, but he has more twenty-point games than any rookie ever. He ha- he has he has crazy amount of stats, and he's coming in just like how LeBron was taking taking everybody's records. Take it's only a matter of time before he takes certain records. Now, I don't definitely don't see him becoming that three-point shooter, but LeBron had to develop a better three-point shooting game. He had his mid-range, he had on the rim, he had the driving. Uh, he can even play with his back to the to the rim. Zion is kind of like working his way from the goal on outward. And LeBron was coming going from the mid-range on in. It, it, actually, sorry, he had he did have to work on his game behind the arc. So let me rephrase that. Um, so I, I just don't know. Like, his ceiling, just to kind of go back to the question before that, is quite quite high and I am buying into the Zion hype. Oh now you're buying into it. I thought you weren't really buying into it before. I, hey, I I'm a show and prove person. I'm a show and prove. And he's shown in a small sample size that he is unguardable. So if actually I would love to see him kind of become Shaq. Lovable Shaq. And uh, he's not gonna be as goofy. He's not gonna be as fun because uh, Shaq is quite unique. And that was a big part, uh, another part of reason why people love Shaq. But I would love to see him be that dominant, dominant Shaq that was on the, what, 2002 Lakers? I'm not sure on that number, but I think it is the 2002 Lakers. Well, yeah, I've become that Shaq under the rim. But in the way the game is played now, he's going to expand his three-point shot and become more efficient at it. I mean, just look at Giannis. He's out there shooting threes and Anthony Davis out there shooting threes. So he's going to expand his game. He's going to have to. I I agree. Uh, He started off hitting threes in his first game. But could you imagine, like, imagine him becoming that Shaq? And and if you can't fully imagine him becoming that Shaq, imagine Shaq in the NBA now and what he would do to these players. If he can stay in shape, I mean, Shaq was. I, I, I'm just saying, I'm saying, uh, prime Shaq, like prime Shaq, the uh, the second, I think the second or third ring for the Lakers at that point in the middle of the, their three feet. Give me that Shaq. Put that Shaq in this NBA, and he completely dominates. He does become unguard. He is unguardable. He was already unguardable, uh, and then of course we put the caveat of up under the rim, but he would kill this league. This league has no concept of real defense like that outside of the older class of the NBA. The game is just called differently, so it's hard to say whether he would have dominated. And well, he's dominating now. But uh, I'll go to the last question on this matchup, um, or kind of about the matchup. With Giannis going 41 points, 20 rebounds, and 6 assists in the same night versus the Hornets, is there any way you see LeBron as league MVP over Giannis? That is an absolute no. It's just not going to happen. 
Giannis, he is ascending. LeBron is staying exactly where he is, where he's been for a while. Um, he's actually getting better. Well, I'm, I'm just still going to say he's staying exactly where he is. But <laughs> Giannis, he keeps ascending, and his team has a better record while he's playing less minutes, I think. He just overall is just making a better case for his team with not playing with another superstar like LeBron is and just doing so well. Just He, he keeps expanding his game, shooting threes, uh, dominating under the basket, shooting mid-range shots. There's just almost no way you can stop him. I, I definitely hear you here, but I'm going to give you one word. Nostalgia. And not only that word, but I think that's going to be a key part to if LeBron wins the MVP this year. Now, by stats, and I know you said he kind of stayed the same, but literally LeBron gets better by stats, actual stats, every single year. He's now led the league in assists by at least more than three assists in the next person, the whole league. And that specifically wasn't the biggest thing about his game. He's still putting up every other number he was already putting up, but he also went up on the assist. If you go back for the past eight years, literally every year he has increased on any one of the three major three, which is rebounds, assists, or uh, actual points. So if you can go into the whole points by uh, him being on the court and all other stuff. And the reason why I mention that is because we kind of need a real definition. Like I need a stamp definition from the NBA on what is an MVP. Now, either way, Giannis is going to qualify. I completely agree. And he actually should run away with this race. But we we need to take in nostalgia. We have to take in the fact that LeBron has been the greatest player in the NBA for 10 years and has gotten shorted of many MVPs where he should have gotten many more. Well, which year should he have gotten the MVP? Recently, I said uh, the last year of the cast, but he kind of he, he played the playoff game. So I know it's a regular season award, and that's what hindered him on winning that one. Uh, but he was absolutely the greatest player in the league that year. I, he showed it in the playoffs. He showed it countless times in the first round against Indiana. He showed he showed it many different times in the playoffs that year. But he played the playoff game. He understood. Pace yourself for the uh, for the regular season. We still get the number one seed. Oh, actually, they didn't even get the number one seed. The the, uh, the Raptors got the number one seed. We'll get the top seed. We'll get to the playoffs, and I'll still nominate. He was playing that game. But that's the one year. Um, well, I'm just going to comment on that one. That year, they got the number four seed. And that's four? It's, it's, yeah, and that's a regular season award. You, you can't you can't not play your hardest in the regular season and then get some credit in the playoffs. So, I, I no. Hear you. no. That's I how. hear you, you but that that's why – <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> That's why I said the whole thing. We need a clear definition of MVP. Is it getting better? Is is it making your team better? Is it who has a better record? Is that um, like it, it needs to be defined to a T. It needs an absolute uh, definition. And even then, it's going to cause arguments on what's more important in the sentence than the other or the, in the definition of who's MVP versus other. But there is no clear definition. Either way, Giannis does qualify, and 
if it wasn't for nostalgia, yes, Giannis is the absolutely clear winner, and he has gotten better. I, I have to completely agree, but I think there is a possibility that Lamar Bron James still wins, and I think it's not just because he's gotten better in smaller ways in the stats, and not just because he is the most important but reason why the Lakers are number one in the West, and this whole narrative of, oh, the East is easy, he can't do this in the West, he's actually been number one in the West the whole season. And if you can't count the year where he was actually hurt and they were also in the third spot before he got hurt that year, even though they didn't make the playoffs, uh, just to kind of give feedback on that. But throwing all of that and the nostalgia and the fact that he has not lowered from that standard, there's a possibility LeBron wins the MVP nostalgia. I think he wins uh, the second place votes, but other than that, he's not going to win the MVP. Well, you got to also know these are the voters. Voters still have a chance. They they have a choice. And if they just feel like they want to give it to him because there's n- enough of an argument to give it to him, I think they're okay with Giannis getting robbed on the MVP because LeBron's gotten robbed many other years. You said many other years, but you only named one year. Oh, yeah, you're right. You, you said you were only going to comment on that one because I was also going to say the Derrick Rose year. Yes, Derrick Rose was great and all other stuff. But LeBron should have won the uh, MVP that year. Well, Derrick Rose, like um, Giannis, he didn't play with any stars on his team. Um, I know that that's a – Who did LeBron have that year? He had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. That was the Heat year. Sorry about that. I was thinking of the Cavs here the first uh, time around. But keep going. (laughs) (laughs) I know know that can be kind of a a flawed statement because – you playing with other stars, but it's just hard to overlook what Derrick Rose did, being the number one seed in the East over LeBron whenever he first joined up with two other superstars at the time. It's just hard to overlook what Derrick Rose did without any other stars on his team. Was that worth a ring? Or shoot, I know he they didn't win, but was it worth a, uh, going to the championship? What do you mean? Derrick Rose. I know this is regular season because this is still that. I know that's going to be the easiest argument is that was a regular season. It's a regular season of world war. So we can't really count where he ended up in the playoffs talking about the Bulls that year. But the Bulls weren't there. They weren't in the championship. No, they weren't in the championship. But that doesn't mean you don't you, you don't qualify for the league MVP. I, I hear you. I know. And But we're we're going. I, just kind of short, and we are going to go into it away too much about which year he was, should have won the MVP, but it's been undoubted that he's been the greatest player in the world for at least minimum eight of the past 10 years. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that, but it doesn't mean you win MVP every year. I guess. I, I guess. That's why I need a clear well, definition. No, I, I, I hear you. I just that's what I'm saying. My point is that's why I need a clear definition of MVP. Because if you're the greatest player in the world, you should win MVP, especially if you've gained any momentum on bettering your stats. Well, if you if you get a clear definition, then there's no need to vote anymore because there's there's no argument. No, it's always going to be votes because uh, there's different opinions because there's close numbers and there's depending. They they're not going to make it a computer element where the computer just going to pick it because the stats just play out that way they know there's a human element to mvp so i don't think that ever goes that way and it's 
also involves the uh, announcers. I think the announcers uh, for these, like ESPN and things like that, are the ones who uh, vote along with a couple of different. I'm not exactly sure. I have to look exactly into who votes, but it's it's heavy hitters who vote, like uh, Michael Wilbon from off of uh, Pardon the Interruption. He's one of the voters. There's there's there. It's just not going to go to that. And but that's one reason why I say that LeBron may win it because it is still heavy hitters and still people who are known, not like Michael Wilbon, who will not care that Giannis had better stats than LeBron. It's the fact that LeBron's doing it in his 17th year and the way he's doing it and them seeing him each night along with nostalgia and kind of a makeup for the other years. He did not win the MVP. Well, I still think that there's no makeup years that he should have won MVP. You can't just say I'm the best player in the world and just expect everybody to bow down. So you got to go out there and prove it. And other players just had a better year. He might be the be- the better player, but they just had a better year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> I'll just hear that now. You can continue. <laughs> but, uh, staying in the world of NBA, well, with the Lakers, they are working out Deion Waiters, who was just with the Miami uh, Heat. And uh, if we want to briefly say the the history about what went on with him and getting waived by the team, uh, he took a gummy, a THC gummy, marijuana gummy, on the team plane and started to trip out, which then uh, led them to suspend him for a good while. And then he returned and had a great game, proving he did have some worth, but still got released by that team. Um, and then they're also working out J.R. Smith, who used to play with, LeBron at the Cavs, if you do not know the history behind that. Uh, but I ask, which player do you feel is best for the Lakers' last roster spot? Who is the best? It's probably J.R. Smith. I think Deion Waiters is a type of guy who likes his own team, even though he's never been the best player on the team. He kind of likes a little bit of the shine, and he probably won't be able to work well with uh, LeBron and um, Anthony Davis being the big stars on the team. And I think J.R. Smith, okay, he will yeah. work better with LeBron James because he's worked with him before and he owes him. Um, even though they wouldn't have won that finals anyway, um, that was just a boneheaded move by him whenever he tried to take the ball um, to half court when he could have just put up a shot. Just so stupid, but... Um, I think J.R. Smith will be the better choice in this situation. I've been surprised by people's response to this, and I've gotten other people say J.R. Smith also. Um, And just to briefly comment about the whole he owes him, I still think uh, the guy missing the free throw was more to blame than J.R. Smith in this case. Um, But uh, that is here and there. I was about to say here nor there, but it definitely is here and now. which is one reason why I would say Deion Waiters. I'm I'm very much on the side of Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters can possibly drop 30 to 40 points in one night. I think they really, the slot they really need is a replacement point guard. Rondo is not a point point guard. He is not scoring you points as a point guard. He's a floor general who's going to make the right, the right decisions and get other people to score, but that's playing four on five in a playoff game. Um, and I guess you 
in their mind, it makes up for it because he knows where to dish the ball uh, to get the points. But when it's not working, it's not working when it comes to Rondo. Um, and he's actually done better. Uh, Caruso does great with LeBron on the floor, being him on the floor at the same time. And I just rather there be a playmaker. I know everybody is on the uh, J.R. Smith can shoot and things like that. And quote from the Lakers, Deion Waiters had an impressive workout. I I agree he might be the person who really likes to have his own team and all other stuff, but I don't have much problem with that being the star of the second team. You can be the star of the second team. Hell yeah, be the star of the second team. We need that 20. We need that. Even if you give him 15, it is just more. It's more than what they're getting from the point guard position when LeBron's not in the on the court. I just think that it'll be there'll be some type of clash where Deion Waiters just doesn't work out. Um, so I think J.R. Smith is the better choice. Well, locker room and on the court, he, he's just not going to mesh do well you, with the team. Do you really think on his, not even, this is not even his second, uh, um, tr- not try, but his second uh, chance. This is like his fourth chance right now. And it's not due to anything he's specifically done in his second chance. Because his second chance, he came back, he scored greatly against the uh uh, uh, another team when he was playing for the Heat, they reinstated him or let him come back uh, off of leave. And he scored well, but they still chose to move on. Then he got traded during the uh, trade deadline, and they just des- decided to waive him. I'm not, I think it was the Grizzlies, but I'm not exactly sure. But a team decided to waive him, which then put him on the open market to be signed by anyone. That's why we're in the position right now. So this will be his fourth chance, but not anything due to he- what he's done. I don't think he should be blamed that bad for taking T. It's dumb. It's definitely dumb to take some THC gummies while you're on a plane and team playing at that because that's like taking weed or whatever at work and expecting nobody to notice anything, especially when you're tripping out. But, and I'm, it, uh, dang, it's not really big, a great argument because he's going to be going to California, but I don't think he's in a position to cause any static. He's not in a position, like, he would get dropped so hard and so fast that I think, at least for this year, they can keep him within range. I guess, but I don't think he's a good fit. I think J.R. Smith is the better fit. He's actually worked with LeBron before. and Deion Deion was there, too. I think he did it with the Cavs at one point. He was on the Cavs before LeBron, but then they traded him. <clears throat> and then he, he might have been Thunder. on it one year. I'm not sure. He went to though. the Thunder that same year. So oh. they, they got rid of him. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I, I still, I'm still on the boat with Deion Waiters. I feel like JR is going to try to mesh in too easily so that he's not going to try to take too many people's shots. Like, I don't think he has a problem with stepping up and getting shots, but that, that, that little uncomfortable uh, time of fitting in, I don't think Deion Waiters is going to have. Deion Waiters is going to be doing him. You might have to rail it in like, hey, my other boys need to get some shots. He's like, man, I'm out here hitting. And I definitely respect that. I'm down with that. I think that will be a mistake to choose him over J.R. Smith. Mm. I, I don't know. I, 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 I'm not even saying I don't know. I really am on the boat with Deion Waiters, and I had been discussing long before they even were looking at, uh, or they may have, not might have been looking at him beforehand, but when he got suspended or was uh, going to be released from the heat, 
I was been on this boat that they need to get Dion Waiters, and I just feel like that's the last piece that will build a team that may be even able to return next year and win also after winning this year. Yeah, maybe they might win this year, but it's it's a lot of cheap pieces. It's a lot of cheap pieces who who have to like. There's people who've already won championships and they they already know their roles, like uh, Javale McGee, LeBron, just a couple players, even Rondo, who are just stable people. And then there's some people who need to prove themselves, like Dwight Howard. And if you put Deion Waiters in there, I don't think it's a will be a mistake. I just don't think it will be. I think he he's going to continue to be such a cheap piece that you're going to want to have him again for a following year. We're just going to agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'll, Not going anywhere. I'll, I'll take that. Uh, but we're still in the NBA world and well, basketball world for the most part because this kind of covers outside of sports and in sports. It's very important. Now, the NBA is trying to avoid the coronavirus from spreading to the NBA players as they have contra- contact with fans in multiple cities per week all the time about three to two, two to three games per week for these NBA players. The NBA has advised uh, for players to fist bump with fans instead of their handshakes. They have been some players do when they're leaving the court or going on to the court. Now, increasing worries have have come about in the NCAA. Also, the College League of Basketball as the as March Madness is approaching play very soon here. Student players will also be exposed to more fans and the possibility of contracting the virus is will be very prevalent uh, when attending these games. Uh, But it's not that it's at a mass mass um, virus state, but possibly going to get there as more cases join each day. They are, are possibly looking at playing March Madness games in empty arenas, which does not give you the crowd excitement or the crowd money, seats, uh, concessions, and merchandise. So, raising a very serious question, which does the NCAA and viewing fans care about more? The element and feel of the crowd, or the health of the student athletes across the nation that will face each other during March Madness. The NCAA cares more about making the money than the health of their players. Um, They want to squeeze as much money out of the players as they can so they can make the the biggest profit from them. Um, I'm not saying that they want them to suffer, but... If they can get by, they'll take that chance. It's going to be kind of hard seeing them playing in empty arenas. I'm pretty sure there's going to be some people out there who still are going to go to the games and pay for them. So it's no, they're saying that they they're going to empty the arenas like they won't allow. Like, you know, it won't matter if you want to go or not. So they're not going to postpone the games. They're just going to just play them in an empty arena. Well, that's what they're seriously considering very soon here because March just started. March Madness starts very soon. This is not something like within the next week or two, they're going to have to make it a clear and decided decision on whether they're, they care more about the money or whether they care more about the students. 
because I'll go to answer it on my side. Um, now, whether they will actually do it, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to actually play uh, stadiums in, in, in empty arenas. And these are big arenas. They're they're like selling out the Dallas Stadium, which is like these full giant arenas will sound so absolutely empty and will won't give you the effect of March Madness in any sort of way. Um, so this would possibly, I wouldn't say completely bankrupt the NCAA, but it's going to, it would do some serious damage to their finances by simply just taking the health of the students into play. So I don't think they actually do it, but they do have a civic duty to not increase the, the likelihood of spreading diseases, especially back to these campuses. It's a very, very, very hard position um, and I, I really don't know what side they take here because what they should be doing is really what they're proposing to doing, but I think they're just doing that for the, for the public. But by mentioning it, it makes us all kind of like, what do we really care about? Do we really care about these students? Cause it's, it seems like nobody really does. It, it really doesn't matter. Um, but because even even let's say even if they did play in empty arenas and they decided they're just going to take the TV dollars or whatever money they can get, which is a large loss. It's more than half because you, these are no tickets, no T-shirts, no concessions, no co- all these other contracts you have with all these companies. It's all it's all it's all trashed. But. I, even if they did that in, in these empty arenas, you have viewing public looking at pretty much a practice game it looks like uh, 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 two colleges just scrimmaging against each other and giant arenas absolutely giant arenas with no crowd noise it's going to be eerie for the players and the fans yeah um i don't think most people care too much about the player's safety and i know the ncaa doesn't so i'm pretty sure that they're going to go with go through with just playing the games as scheduled and just, I guess, tell people to wash their hands like everybody else. <laughs> oh, wash my hands. You'd be all good. Obviously, yeah, that's what they're going to do. They, they want to make that money. <laughs> yeah, I, I I do not see, like, and it, I, it makes me wonder, like, is there anything that would keep them from doing that? Uh, and so I'll actually I'll just go ahead and go to the next question, which, because we can discuss the same subject in it. Um, how much should the spread of the coronavirus affect all sports, professional and non-professional? Um, it should affect all of them. Um, everybody should be aware of the coronavirus and try to take precautions to prevent it from spreading by um having everybody have some type of hand sanitizer whenever they enter the game um these stadiums and arenas they can afford to give every single person their own personal hand sanitizer i mean it doesn't really doesn't cost that much they can give back to the community but will they do that probably not they'll probably just have one big bottle where somebody can, <laughs> you know do their own public but. access where it's one spot for the coronavirus. You went to go get sanitizer. That's how you guys a coronavirus. Yeah, that, that they'll most likely have it like that. But um, 
Yeah, it, it should really affect every single sport and just every place in general, not just sports work also. People should be aware of this. But fun fact, um, mm-hmm. people have said that the flu has caused more deaths than the coronavirus this year. I I can hear that, but like, like that's that's always a kind of a screwed uh, number because the uh, the flu's been around for a very long time. Uh, coronavirus is a very uh, quickly spread. Flu uh, also there's immunity somewhat to the flu, and I hear people about the whole um, it's killed more people. Okay, yeah, but coronavirus doesn't seem to be controlled that much. It's like. When one person have it, it's eventual that now two more are eventually about to have it. And it's like a it's a it's an epidemic right now. Um, so to answer the question, like, how should it affect all sports professional and non-professional? Because I thought you would dig a little bit more into this other than awareness. It should affect a whole lot more. These high school games should be lessons that like I just don't see all these people lessening the money. I think. The world is greedy, and it might lead to a lot of destruction overall. Um, and we're just not willing to go outside of our normally scheduled things. Um, and we'll resist against it until we absolutely can't. Like, I, I could even see one, let's say one uh, student around campus, no athletes or whatever, uh, contracting the coronavirus in them simply just, hey, it's, it's okay, we'll all be okay. And I don't think it's a simple sanitizing your hand situation. I really don't know, but I don't think it's something that easy to keep from uh, contracting coronavirus. So, and that's all in their perfect conditions. So I really just think a lot more should be taken into account, especially work too. But these professional sports games are breeding grounds for absolutely everyone combining their germs stores i mean everywhere really Um, you just have to be careful yeah but imagine everybody screaming and breathing and doing everything for three hours in one building um i guess it's not really too different than you walking to the store breathing and yeah but it's whatever you do you're not in there with thirty thousand people and you know the odds are it could spread and by any way, going to the bathroom and like I know not to be a full germaphobe, but it is very real the the scare of the uh, coronavirus, and they could actually spread it a whole lot quicker just through one uh, annual event, March Madness. Yeah, I, I guess the richer people they will be the ones who get the uh, sickness because uh, us poor people will be watching from the TV. True, true. So I guess we ain't got too much to worry about. So, <laughs> so great. Good point, good point. But I'll move on uh, as that the story will unfold with those things. The uh, NCAA's decision along with the NBA and them uh, trying to reduce the exposure to their professional players. But uh, talking about an actual great professional player, Steph Curry will be returning to play Sunday, March 8th, for the Warriors. Now, the Warriors have been at the bottom of the NBA all year uh, with no sights of really uh, getting outside of the last slot in the NBA, being the worst team in the league. So 
I quickly ask, uh, what's the benefit to the Warriors bringing Steph back now with the season out of hand and will definitely be without any playoffs? The only incentive that I see is him just getting some NBA action so he has some type of feel for the game. Even though he would have eventually gotten that back, maybe he can get some momentum going into next season. But other than that, this is a huge waste of time. The season is long gone for them. They have no chance of getting in the playoffs, and they should shut him down for the rest of the season. I guess you can get some of those uh, nice three-pointers in that new arena, but there's not too many positives for this situation. Yeah, I I honestly don't see the benefit at all. Um, If anything, it's more negative. I guess you could say you want to knock off the rust. Like you can just, uh, he's probably, what's really happening is he's itching and clamoring to just simply play. Like he's just a person who's played basketball for a very, very, very long time and hate to be outside of doing it, especially when he can do it at the top level. Um, so I can't get what the benefit is for the Warriors, but the benefit for Steph is simply, uh, peace of mind because he, he more than likely that's something that's extremely fun for him competing in an actual game, not scrimmage games and things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, players want to play. They don't want to <laughs> sit on the bench. <laughs> they, they want to get out there anytime they are healthy. Um, and he's a real player. He doesn't want to just sit around and load manage. Nah, I Yes, that should be their strategy. This is all still professional about money. I, I, I just still don't get it. Like, why don't you collect your money? Nobody's looking at you. Nobody even wants you to come back this year. Like, seriously, we don't want you to come back this year because for what? Well, like I said, players want to play. Um, they <laughs> they don't want to sit around. Uh, yeah, I, I hear you. I guess that's what the case of KD uh, is going on, which I actually am bringing that up too, um, as he's said some possibly outrageous things. Um, but second here, is there anything Steph Curry could do to raise his legacy higher in anyone's eyes? And is there anything he wants to prove? I think the thing that would lift his legacy just a little bit higher is a finals MVP. That's the main thing that he's missing. He has multiple records for uh, three pointers. He's had multiple championships, but it's all been around other superstars and being a league MVP and not having a finals MVP is the only blemish on his career. Um, And he probably should have had, that first one, whenever he he won his first ring. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think. Well, I guess that's uh, the Equidala one, and he he did very well. Um, uh, he got it because he covered LeBron, even though LeBron still went off. Um, so yeah, I, I do think that's the one he should have had. But I don't think there's anything that raises his legacy. Kind of like if he was over the game in any way, like, if he just felt like it, I would retire. Like, what does he need to prove? Like, there's, I understand, like you said, players want to play, but 
there's honestly nothing he really needs to do. Uh, He might want to have one more ring than LeBron, but nobody would ever consider you better than LeBron. Um, A Finals MVP is something like, ah, it's just on your record. It's it's nothing to raise his actual legacy at all um, to me. So it's hard to say. I don't think there's anything he can actually get to raise his legacy. It is pretty much cemented. Now, the thing he wants is that Finals MVP and also to prove that they can do it without KD. And I don't even think it's that strong that he really has to prove that or feels he wants to prove it. Well, not that he doesn't want to prove it. It's just I don't think he cares that much to have to prove it. Yeah, well, he doesn't need to prove that as far as winning one without KD because he did. It's mainly the Finals MVP. Yeah, but I hear you, but there's a small uh, number of people who do, do say that you they needed KD, or otherwise LeBron would have came for them like the boogeyman. <laughs> well, I think they did need KD in those last two. Well, mainly the, the well, first. You're part of that uh, population of people who said that. <laughs> so that's what he. That's what. That's why he. Uh, he feel he would feel too. He needed to win one outside of KD. Not before that season, he didn't need him. But in that finals that they played against the Cavaliers, I think they needed him because he came through in clutch moments. I, I hear you, but the, the thing about it is, like, there's a stigma on almost each championship. Uh, the first one, they won against the Cavs. LeBron was by himself. He he drug a team that wasn't supposed to be there in the championship. KD, uh, Kyrie was hurt, and Kevin Love got hurt very early in the playoffs. So, like, they would say you you went against a hurt team with LeBron, and he, he went further than he was supposed to go. Then you have the whole uh, blowing a seven, sorry, a six, six, well, sorry, not a six one, but a three one lead in the series and losing that championship to LeBron in a healthy team of LeBron. And then you have the year after that that y'all felt they felt that y'all needed KD, and y'all got two rings out of that. So outside of those, there's no non-stigma on any one of those. I think um, it's really it, – I think it's just the finals MVP. Um, like you were saying, his legacy is already cemented. He's not really going too much further up or down in his legacy he doesn't really have too much more to prove. He's already won the championships, has multiple records, but the main thing is the finals MVP. Yeah, but I thought about it this way. Like, if Steph Curry came back to us, instead of saying he was returning on Sunday, he was retiring, I'd be like, oh, dang, you had an amazing career. You are undoubtedly one of the greatest players, and what else do you need to prove? Um, I don't think most people would be saying that. <laughs> well, well, what part of that that wasn't true? I think it's it's justified, but a lot of people be like, "Why? Um, you have plenty of time to add on to your career." Even though many people would think that he's not going to ever eclipse LeBron, but maybe he gets somewhere closer to him if he does win some more championships or something. Yeah, okay. There is a different mental in the NBA. You play till you can't play no more until the league pushes you out, unless you're like Michael Jordan, who just decides to leave when he feels like and come back when he feels like. 
Um, and even then he lost a step. He never really should have came back. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm not trying to take any shots, but we all know this is true. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I think, I guess we're fans and uh, we think of things in a different way. We're thinking about legacy, his whole life, his whole career, when he's simply probably just wanting to play. That's as simple as that. Uh, and if some goals come along with that, uh, the better. Yeah, definitely. I, I have to agree. Yeah. So uh, last subject here, it's about KD and him discussing that he may go uh, go play basketball in Tokyo, China, uh, to kind of uh, for the Olympics that he might actually attend and actually, might actually play in the Olympics to warm up for the upcoming season where he'll actually be playing a full season after being injured in the playoffs last year. Uh, so how likely do you think it is for Katie to join the U.S., not NBA, but the U.S. Olympic team? I think it is highly unlikely. Um, he'll probably go to a lot of the practices, um, act like he's on the play on the team, but then he'll drop out. Because he really doesn't want to play, jeopardize his future with the Nets. He wants to focus on trying to win a championship with the Nets so he can disprove a lot of his um, doubters. I can definitely hear that. I think it may be likely because I think Katie does not like the fact that he's not mentioned and the fact that he's not playing. Like, he, he is really clamoring to uh, to play, and he should be really just resting. But I think he has an attention. Like, he wants the attention of the media. He wants the love of the uh, media. He never He's never really got it. He did have it, and once he lost it uh, because of the move he made to go to Golden State, he's, he, he just wants it back. He never thought he really wanted it, and he was always ignoring the, uh, the media attention. And then when he lost it, and they became negative, he he has this hole in him that requires him to be active in their minds, mentioning, and he really wants to be considered the greatest player in the world, not just in the league and in, in the NBA. So uh, I think it's a 50-50 chance, if not a 60-40 leaning on him actually going. I think he knows that he would be the – Probably the top player to be on that team also. Uh, is Steph Curry supposed to play in the uh, Olympics? I'm not sure who's really supposed to play in them, but I don't think he actually joins the team. I, I think he just goes to the practices and drop out just like everybody did the previous year. <laughs> well, I, I don't think um, a lot of players actually go because of the coronavirus. You just kind of round it back around. I think, it's it's also uh, lingering out there that they possibly could cancel the Olympics. So the coronavirus is affecting, uh, especially a sports event, and if it cancels the Olympics, um, it's hard to say because a lot of dollars are tied into these things. So it takes a large amount of people to cancel and know that you're not going with something that is guaranteed to make you money. Yeah, um, that's that means it's getting very serious. I mean, I know it is currently very serious, 
But within the next three months for it to be like that, that means it's, we should definitely look out. Yeah, but imagine that. that They even have a, a responsibility to the fact that they would be joining different people across the world and multiple ones in a big center for the beginning of the uh, coronavirus. And you're all localizing them and your top athletes in this place just to bring them back to your own countries. So it's 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 going to get real funny about this as the, the, the seriousness of the coronavirus uh, keeps growing. I actually think it gets I, I really hope it just disappears off the map out of nowhere, like uh, a couple other uh, mass or diseases that people were scared of before, uh, not too long ago. Um, but uh, it's hard to say because it's it's very likely a lot of these things get canceled and it may change the whole world on the face of sports that we know, at least for this year. Yeah, I hope it just does disappear. We don't need any more sicknesses. Yeah, true. And not to focus on the sickness. Like, could you imagine the NBA playoffs with empty arenas? <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> Oh God! It's they lose so party. much money. It's, yeah, and but the thing about it is, do you care more about the money, or do you care about the health of your your employees, along with mass amounts of people? Well, in the situation with the NBA, the players would not allow it. the The players basically run the NBA, so they, I, they I would not you. allow that to happen. I definitely hear you, but they cannot assess their own uh, danger for disease along with the pressure of the media to play in what would be normal uh, a normal game but the danger is real also in contracting this virus which honestly i don't see why players like viewing it once they said the whole six month thing i don't see why any players ever dap up these fans do you know that any let's say god forbid there's somebody betting and they just needed things to go a certain way, you could easily affect the star by touching them by passing them on simple codes or anything like that. Yeah, that threat is available, but most people don't think about that. It's because True, this, but there are this virus threats. has Yeah, but this virus has a lot more attention put on it, so there's there's that. True. Uh yeah, but it doesn't keep it from spreading. Uh, but we'll end it there. Uh, th- and this has been So You Think You Know Sports. Uh, now, our last part is like normal. Uh, we have three questions, all of them multiple choice. Muhammad comes up with the questions, and I try to give you a good answer uh, and get them all right. Uh, so we'll go ahead with that first question, Muhammad. All right. Which of the following NBA players is not in the top 10 currently in scoring for the 2019 to 2020 season. A. Bradley Bill, B. LeBron James, or C. Damian Lillard. Scoring? Not in the top ten? Oof. Dang it, Dame has been going off. Mm. And Bradley Bill was averaging over the past couple games, he's been averaging about 41 points. He had two 50-point games back-to-back. But is that reflecting of the entire year? And I feel like it's a trick question that you it would be LeBron just to uh, kind of throw me off. But 
Uh, repeat the question and answer one more time, and I'll try to get this answer right. All right. Which of the following NBA players is not in the top 10 for scoring in the 2019 to 2020 season? A, Bradley Bill, B, LeBron James, or C, Damian Lillard? I'm just going to pick the odd answer that I really wouldn't pick. But I'm going to pick LeBron. That is correct. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you were going to do the setup. Go ahead and tell me why. <laughs> well, he's number 11. So. I thought so. I swore I was going to say he's probably, he must, he's probably number 11. I swear I was going to say that. But I can see why he would be number 11. It's not. A lot of these players have been going off this year. Uh, Luca probably even averages more points. But it's what, like, how much is the average? Uh, for LeBron, it is 25.5 per game. Which, um, which is still impressive. It's just hard to be averaging 36, 37 points per game. Well, um, just to run off the top ten, James Harden is number one. Bradley Bill is number two. Giannis is three. Trey Young is four. Damian Lillard is five. Luka is six. Westbrook is seven. Kawhi Leonard is eight. Anthony Davis is nine, and Devin Booker is ten. Well, I was surprised by the um, dang it, it wasn't Kawhi. It was somebody else. I was surprised by um, who's after Luca? Uh, Westbrook. Yeah, that's who. Yep, there we go. That's who I was surprised at averaging higher points. So he has been going off. You can go with the second question. All right, which of the following NBA players? were not born in South Carolina? A, Trey Young, B, Kevin Garnett, or C, Raymond Felton? Oh, God. Um, this is hard, but I think I can figure it out. Um, go ahead and repeat the question and answer, and we'll uh, try to get some information out of you. <laughs> <laughs> Which of the following NBA players were not born in South Carolina? A, Trey Young, B, Kevin Garnett, or C, Raymond Felton? I really think Kevin Garnett was born in uh, South Carolina, so I'm going to go ahead and list him off. And I think Raymond Felton was also, so I'm going to say, what was A again? It's Trey Young. Trey Young. I, I would say I'll go with final answer, Trey Young. That's correct. Mm. Um, really couldn't find another person. I just put them in there. I, I thought you were going to go with like uh, John Morant and uh, Zion, but hey, that's, that's too back. easy. Yeah, that would have been easy. I agree. <laughs> I just so happen to know a little bit of background behind those two players, and then we're still fuzzy on the information about Kevin Garan and Raymond Felton. But go ahead with the last question, and we'll meet you next week uh, for another great episode. All right. Which of the following stats is LeBron James not in the top 15 in all-time stats for? A, assists, B, rebounds, or C, steals? Oh. Boy, you picked some hard ones there. Not in the top 15 all-time. Um, Go ahead and repeat the question and answer one more time. 
Which of the following stats is LeBron James not in the top 15 in all-time stats for? A, assists, B, rebounds, or C, steals? I actually really think I know this one. I think it's steals because I just don't. And LeBron's not a steal-the-ball type of person. So I'll say steals. That's wrong. (laughs) He's actually number 13 in steals, but it's rebounds. That was going to be my second answer, but I just couldn't. I thought it was less likely that he would be in there for uh, for the steals. But, hey, two out of three, and the other ones were harder, so I'm not feeling too disappointed. <laughs> but uh, this, we've just gone on with some really great news, and we'll get you to more next week. Uh, this has been So You Think You Know Sports. See you next week.